Every once in a while, Josh will just like put in this <laughs> nasty cold open where I say something like completely <laughs> off the cuff, and that will be the cold open into the into the train sound, which starts the episode. Yeah, there'll be some like really bad thing that I just said, and then he'll just put that there. I'm just That's, gonna edit it so that it's just me saying cold open, and then Garda says I'm gonna say something really bad, and then train sound. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> the cold open. Really bad thing that I just said. <laughs> All aboard! Tangent Train is now departing to destinations unknown. Today's conductors are Garner and Josh. Was our last episode about games? No. Okay. Well, we did art. Right, that was a weird episode. It was a weird one, but I liked it. I liked okay, it. Yeah. It turned out pretty good. Got kind of metaphysical, my man. Yeah. Okay, it was uh, a very chill episode too. So, so anyways, like, so we we have gathered here today, and I want to talk about um, something that I have heard before. This concept in gaming called uh, exit points. And well, hold your horses there, pal. Whoa, whoa. Because I haven't said hello to the to our lovely audience. Yeah, but I thought that you want a cold opens and we'll say hi to them then, Josh. Okay. Hi. Welcome back to Tangent Train. I am your host as usual, Josh. Joined as usual by Garner. But special Arr. guest today. I'm Kirby. I'm a visitor. I'm just here watching and listening. Don't so first, worry about me. Before we let Garner go into his uh, his spiel he wants to talk about today, I want to ask um, if you want to tell us about yourself, Kirby. Give us a little insight. Okay. What, what, what do you do? What, what sort of shit do you like? What sort of shit do you hate? Um, okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Kirby. I spent several years in the Air Force. I fixed bombers. It was fun. I left. Okay. Now I inspect aircraft parts for a living. Okay. Um, see, that's what he says he does. Right? <laughs> like, see, people always take that as, like, how do you earn a living? Right. But you know what he actually does? He says... He, he, he calls people out. That's what he does. Uh-huh. I was getting to that. Thank you. Oh, oh okay, okay. Sorry. It's all right. So, um... Um, big, tall, semi-redhead, and I like to ask a lot of questions, and a lot of those questions start with, uh, why, how, or who. I like those. Those are good. Yeah. All in a row like that. Why, how, who? Yeah, it sounds better like that. <laughs> no, so, no, I, um, have an innate need to, when you tell me something is true, you have, I'd be like, no, don't tell me what, what is true, tell me why it's true. No. You know, who said it? Uh, anything else uh, they should know, like uh, how many people you've buried for, you know, taking your cheesecake? What? No, oh, I, um, that's not a here nor there. Oh, okay. There's no, right. there's no need to bring that up. It's not a definable number. It's not right? something it's you, undefined. you really keep track of at all. Why would you do that? So It's going to give you a global response. We can either confirm or deny. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, Oh, I, mean, I could have done that. <laughs> it might have been done by me. That's Kirby's response. No, my 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 favorite pastime is uh finding ways to infuriate Garner. 
Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Asking him questions, having him explain things to me, and then uh, trying to make him think he's crazy. Man, that's a popular activity. Yeah, popular I know activity. a lot of people that like to do this. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, the new one is trying to make me think I'm crazy. But the best part is, is that some people have given me a piece of paper that says I'm crazy. Yeah, well, I've been trying to say, tell them to leave me alone. The the odd thing is that the 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 person on the top of the leaderboard in this game is um, ADG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We haven't figured out who that is yet. Yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> Jerk. No, so uh, you had a topic on there. Yeah, so my topic is uh, it's about games, but I, I'm going to go farther than games. Oh, okay. Right? Because um, somebody already talked about games. I got the idea from um, there's a really cool YouTube, and uh, Mr. Man might do some post production here at okay. the link. There is a show online, and if you're interested in game design, it's called Extra Credits. Oh, yes. And it's a really cool show. I'm sure we've brought them up before. Almost certainly. And um, one of the episodes is about exit points. And so I'm going to be springboarding off of their idea. Okay. They have a whole episode on it. I actually think it's like a year old now. It's not fresh or current. Would you you consider it um, recommended viewing before this episode, or...? Are you going to give a little... I'm going to talk about filler. it. I'm okay. going to talk about it a little bit. I'm going to remind, you know, <clears throat> just in case you don't have to rewatch it. But cool. But it is kind of fun to watch. Um, the episode actually focuses on the ethics of gaming and uh, making sure you're a player. Um, it kind of gets into the whole Pavlov thing. Uh, actually, Extra Credits talks about Pavlov quite a bit and how gaming can be addictive and how, they, how game designers do things to make it addictive. Yeah. One of the ways you do it is by making it hard to stop playing, right? And exit points is about that idea. So when you play a game, it's not uncommon that a game uh, will not let you end the game wherever you want and keep your progress. Or do it in a way that doesn't feel like janky or unsatisfying to do it in. So, so in like old RPGs like Final Fantasy or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd see this. They'd literally have save points. Oh, yeah. You could only save at certain places. And sometimes it'd be a while before you got to your save point. You'd literally just be like brimming with anticipation to get to your next point. Yeah. Your save point was literally your exit point. You could not exit without it feeling like crap. <laughs> unless you were at a save point. Right? <clears throat> Otherwise you're just flushing your stuff. Um, I want to go aside here. My son, um, who is turning, uh, as of this recording, is turning eight um, in two days, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been playing the latest Pokemon game, Pokemon Sun, um, while I've been playing Pokemon Moon so that we could trade and then battle each other. Right. And uh, that game still uses um, saves. Like, it's pretty liberal as far as when you can save, but you do have to tell it to do so. There's no autosave. There's no autosave. And so there was a couple weekends ago where he's playing the game. He beat like a... um, This game's a little different from the regular Pokemon format. So he beat the equivalent of a gym leader and then ran out of battery and lost probably three hours of play. Uh, (laughs) Which included like a couple evolutions too that he was really happy about. 
He came in into my room just in tears. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, this gaming lesson. We've That's all the last been here, time we made that mistake. Save early, save often, in multiple different slots. That's know where right. your charger is. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh. You know what? Like, we just read this book about what that had the mere neurons in it. Yeah. My mirror neurons right now are firing. <laughs> my body's... My heart. Yeah, your heart. Oh, yes. oh, oh, no. No, stop. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, so, you know, um, that's horrible. It's pretty bad. It's it's interesting because, like, the exit point in that game could be, in a way, like, whenever you want. Well, what's interesting about this, right, is, like, you just, like, pick up the pieces. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so there's this other thing about exit points where, um, so like in games, there's there's often this feeling of like you didn't achieve something or you didn't make a certain amount of progress. You see this with kids a lot. They're just like, well, well just let me finish putting a few more blocks on my golden phallus, <laughs> right? And you're like, what? But like I I'm, I'm building something in Minecraft, Dad. <laughs> I'm almost done. Just let me finish. And that's that feeling right there, that statement. I'm almost done. Just yeah. let me do it. Right? And it's it's interesting because you could actually just like save an exit in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. But it actually kind of feel bad to do that. That feeling. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm in the middle of something. I don't want to stop. Yeah, you're in the middle of the thing and you don't want to stop now. Well, some games and some activities, and I started to think... A lot of activities are actually designed so that you are perpetually in the middle of something. Yeah, it's it's this. Um, um, I want to say procedural goals, but I don't think that's right. It's more like um, sequential goal making. Yeah, we're like you have to achieve something. So that you can go achieve something. So that you can go achieve something. Mm-hmm. You know, and in Minecraft, it's like. You know, at the very beginning, a lot of it's coming in very quickly, these these senses of achievement. Like, um, even in the game's achievement system, they come very quickly. Like, oh, you go punch a tree and get some wood. Ah, I got wood. And then you open up your inventory. Oh, I, oh my goodness, I opened my inventory. And uh, <laughs> these are little, little achievements <laughs> yeah, in the it's game. Little it's really dumb. Note is that... <clears throat> It was still compelling before it told you that these things were special. Right. I remember, right. Playing, I remember playing beta, but it still its, felt good. At its core, it feels good to be like, oh, I figured out how to make a pickaxe, and then, oh, I made a better pickaxe, and, and now I can go get different materials. Right, right. And what are you going to use those different materials for? To go get better tools to get different materials. Right, but, so it's feedback loop, right? Yeah, and, but this, this, uh, this sort of um, procession of progression... Um, nope, I don't like that term either. Anyway, th- this form of, of progression um, starts to like really hit that satisfactory button, you know, and releases those dopamines and makes you feel good. Yeah, and makes you want to go push the button more. No, we covered this. Dopamine doesn't make you feel good. It gives you an expectation of feeling good. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh no. I remember something. <laughs> yes. Like, well, you know, like I kind of like because you know you can. Even, and the point is, and the reason why that's critical, is you could find yourself continuously doing a thing even though you wanted to quit hours ago. Just one more block, damn it. And then I'll finally feel good, but you never do. But you don't. 
You just never. You just. It's always the next hit, man. I just need that next hit. I just need one more gold block, and then I'll go to bed. Really. (laughs) And so my feeling on exit points. What's really interesting to me is how often now I, I I see it. Not just in games, right? Like that some games like have levels or stages yeah. and things like that. Um, but also which games don't. Right? Mm-hmm. Or or just or or when they do do it, they're like, Yeah, really, you can leave. You you brought up Stardew Valley. Oh yeah. But Stardew Valley is <laughs> like, Well, you finished today, go ahead and save and quit. But the game completely runs off of um, off of the day you're on, everything you're going to do that day is almost certainly a consequence of all the stuff you did yesterday. Yeah, like the biggest constraints on your progress are um, are two stats in the game, which is basically the time of day and the um, your energy bar. <clears throat> and so you're constantly having to manage and balance those two things with all the other shit you want to get done. Mm-hmm. And so, inevitably, you have to like be like, I'm just fucking out of energy. I have to go to bed. Which means you didn't achieve the thing you wanted to today. You'll have to do it tomorrow. But that also means that you're probably going to start something else tomorrow with all that extra time and energy you'll have. Yes. <laughs> and you can, you kind of keep ending up in like... Where now you got more stuff, and now you can do the thing, and you build anticipation for the thing. Yeah. And then you're going to do the thing, and doing that thing is built anticipation for the thing. And so it makes it so that even though the designer is ostensibly, this is Kirby's word. By the way, viewers, the word ostensibly is a word that Kirby made up. Yeah, long time ago. <laughs> fabricated, fabricated. In um, he went he the one time he could time travel. <laughs> He went and made up the word ostensibly. <laughs> it was a pretty weird, you know, choice of words. But he, he, the designer ostensibly, apparently but not actually, says you can leave. And they're like, I don't want to leave. April put, like, I remember April got that game. And I remember, like, how hard she hit the game. Yeah. She put, like, 127 hours in. And I think um, a week. Oh, wow. It was insane. Wait, like she barely slept. 127 hours. Like she she barely slept. That's pretty hardcore. She just continuously played. She just chilled out there in the chair. She started to feel that that real life time constraint of energy. Yeah. And and time of day. <laughs> I, I probably exaggerated. It was probably 10 days. But the point is, is that um, April dumped me and we got back together again. After, after, after she after her much, farm was okay. After her farm was good to go, she had cows <laughs> and trees, and she'd married the guy and had the baby with him. She lived an entire life. You remember that Rick and Morty episode where you know, yeah, where, where he, he, he's taking Roy off the grid. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like I actually watched that happen with April. She lived an entire <laughs> fucking life in Stardew Valley over the course of ten days, and then came back to her shitty life with me. I bet she misses it there. Her wonderful <laughs> husband. <laughs> hey, hey, they added new shit 
that lets me do even more in that game with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> they wow. add him into cutscenes now. Oh, there's cutscenes oh, here, right? Yeah. Oh, no. So, so um, he stands next to me. <laughs> For the purposes of just like, I mean, it's kind of a stain on the relationship, right? We just say. It's April and I've been together for like ten years. There's an asterisk there. You know, there was like it was like a ten day period. Minus the ten days or she double. Don't forget about my wow relationship that was without you. Oh yeah. Remember when we were first together? You know how you know how couples usually have like that cheat card, like if I ever meet this celebrity you have permission to go sleep with them. Uh uh. April wrote Stardew Valley on her. She wrote Stardew Valley. She <laughs> no, I'm sure she knows the name of her husband in that game. It was Sebastian. Oh. See? Sebastian. That I like Sebastian. Seba- that fucker Sebastian. Now that I started playing the game, though, there's something that really makes sense about this. Because he's probably the most grumpiest guy when you first get to town. Gee. Gee. Although the, the one dude, the dude who works at Joe Jamar, is pretty pissed. Oh, yeah. That guy, too. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is not an episode about Stardew Valley, I think. This is probably an episode about how you can't stop playing Stardew Valley. You can't stop, right? Like, he he supposedly is going to let you go. He's like, you can go, but, I mean... Do you want to to go? I mean, your tree farm is is ready to go, man. Just one more click. You get the option to romance Sam. Wow. Yeah, you know what's? I'm mean, not saying, but the the, the the JoJo Mart guy. Look, like our student audience is about to like jump in here and be like, "Starting hard, I miss you. Come back to me." <laughs> you know, so that's what's gonna happen. Also, April, ladies and gentlemen, our in studio audience. Yeah, our in studio audience slash April. research research assistant. <laughs> yeah, slash research assistant. So so um so so we see it where sometimes they're being really cool. I kind of want to highlight Blizzard lately. Oh, yeah. Blizzard has, I feel like, is strangely cognizant that you might need to stop playing the game. Because it's not like their games aren't fucking good. They also have had a history of some people playing their games to death. Yeah, that might actually feel (laughs) bad. (laughs) Like, remember that time someone liked our game? To the bitter end, <laughs> everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, about that. One of the guys just like breaks down. Then <laughs> the financial advisor's like, "We did really good that quarter." You know what? I really, you know, this is funny because I have seen some uh, Blizzard videos, and apparently they, they're the guys like drink beer on shift. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now I know why. <laughs> to suppress their feelings <laughs> every time it gets brought up they like walk down the Starcraft hall they're like and there's like there's like a little microbrew thing there he just like pops it open shaking <laughs> how many people have I taken down with my Starcraft game so but anyways they've been doing great lately um uh, except for at the same time like their barrage so I have two things to discuss about them on one hand the individual games are like Hearthstone you play like 10, maybe 15 minutes, you finish the match, you're done, you can leave. Yeah. Except they give you a daily quest challenge. And, you know, if, if you don't finish it, that within, you know, if you don't finish one of them at least, especially if you built up a backlog, because you can only have like three quests at a time, then you are losing something. And it triggers 
our loss aversion. <laughs> it triggers our loss aversion because we're not <laughs> going to get the coins. So then what happens? You're like, well, I mean, I guess I just need to get four more wins to finish the quest. So, so, so on one hand, they're like, you just finished the game 12 minutes. Get out of here, man. But on the other hand, they're like, actually. So then, what a Warcraft does is too. Oh, yeah. They have these things. They have world quests. And they've been doing great with Legion. You're like, hey, you want to just like hop on real quick, knock out a couple world quests or whatever? They're short, kind of quick. Except for, again, if you build up too many world quests, you're not going to get your emissary cash. And then? <laughs> or you get a daily dungeon reward. And you get a daily PvP battleground win reward. And there's so many arena reward. And some people open up World of Warcraft. And they gotta do every single one of them every day like it's their damn chores. Yeah. Now on an MMO, everyone knows this is how they are. But I'm saying it's creeping out. It's bleeding out here. You play Overwatch. And they're like, hey. Want that first win of the day? <laughs> and they're like, but by the way, we have, you know, if you go and get nine wins on our arcade mode this week, we'll give you three boxes every three wins. But, but it resets at the end of the week, so <laughs> don't stop. Right. Can't stop. <laughs> right? They do this in Heroes of the Storm. Uh-huh. You can only have three quests in at a time. A lot of them say you must win. You end up trying... You, the game is relatively short. You can finish in 20 minutes or less. Oh, yeah. Technically, you could have achieved a thing and then quit. But you might end up not finishing your quest if you did that. I could go... I, I could just continue, right? Yeah. Like, I actually think Diablo might actually be their most ethical game. Right? Like of all things, right? Except yeah. for it's a game that is literally built on an addictive loot simulator that is borderline gambling. The game. <laughs> but at least in Diablo, they're like, you can leave, man. You've yeah. been in the casino for seven hours, but I guess you can go. <laughs> There's something actually in there. That's the one thing that I've been playing recently with you is something actually in there that like super tries to coerce you into playing more. Like you run, go in, do a couple riffs. Get some stuff. That was cool. I'm gonna go to something else now. Yeah, you can like go to make dinner. The game is not actually trying to pull you in, except for that the game is a giant slot machine. Right. I mean, besides that, but then they're all like they're all <laughs> yeah yeah. So it's weird. On one hand, I want to say Dab was great, but like my buddy Tony just got on recently on the bandwagon, and yeah. I think he put in like 60 hours over the course of four days. Uh, yeah. Damn. So, so then there's this other thing. So Blizzard this year recently came out with this idea that they're like, there's just not enough cool events. Oh and they advanced it as a strategy. They're like, we're going to start doing more holidays. We notice people come back and they really like them. Especially yeah. when they're limited you know what I'm time. You're to think about right now, Garner. Let's not talk about the number of Overwatch skins that I don't have. This that I'm never going to be able to get. Yeah, yeah. And, and guess what? And, and so Blizzard has been like on my back all of 2016 <laughs> going into 2017. They have been like, hey, by the way, hey, by the way, limited time only. Limited time only. You got you got a month to do your Darkening and Tristram. Don't worry about it. But it's only a month, right? And we're like, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, you, you got like a week. 
maybe two weeks to get your special achievement and skins uh, from our uh, gambling simulator on Overwatch. And the worst part is, like, you need to put in some serious time into that fucking game. Yeah. Because I, I played during the winter. I played a little bit during Halloween, a little bit during the winter uh, Christmas event. And I got some stuff. I didn't get the stuff I wanted, but I got some stuff. And you just think, like, to get the stuff you wanted, you need to go all in. I, I like, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to just eliminate. By the way, StarCraft has mutations every week. They do this, too. But um, <laughs> I'm just going to just not discuss Hearthstone and StarCraft. And I'm just going to talk about how they've been doing things, especially since Legion. So they launch Legion. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I shouldn't start from Legion. They do Overwatch. And Overwatch is this kick-ass game that releases in May. Yeah. And then they think that's pretty good. And then they have the summer games mm-hmm. shortly after that for Overwatch. And it's just like this time thing. And there's some controversy over it. Yeah, it was like their soft... It was like their first soft um, event. I felt it was very much like testing the waters on how they wanted to do stuff mm-hmm. with a holiday-esque theme that wasn't super serial, you so, know? So what was weird is um, the players both simultaneously absolutely loved it because there was a surge in player numbers because there's a massive dip after the game released. Yeah. But also railed against how you couldn't use your coin or some business. Yeah. So, so then some time passes and Legion comes out. A bunch of people come back for World of Warcraft. They play Legion and they encounter for the first time their world quest system. Which is suspiciously like the bounty system in uh, Diablo. And just, just to pick on Diablo a little bit, um, Diablo does get a little mean on its exit point. If you start one bounty, you want to finish the other four bounties for that act. And if you like disconnect from the game, you lose all your progress. And you can't get it back. Okay. So Diablo does do well, okay, that. but like, yeah, in a given act, like you need to finish you, an act. You need to finish the act, right? But the turnaround time on finishing an act is like 15, 20 minutes. Especially if you got friends, it's not bad. It's, it's not like ten, you like five or ten minutes. You got a couple friends, you can run no, through that stuff. It's not so, bad. so uh, I so do, I just, like, I do want yeah. to point out there, exit points. Your iteration rate, yeah, it's about fifteen minutes per unit. Weird. And I've already discussed how World of Warcraft's an MMO. And they just go completely crazy. And it already has a bunch of its limited time holiday events. It had a limited time holiday event that led to it for its pre-release event. So shortly after that, they do a Halloween Overwatch event that had limited time skins, yeah. limited time special co-op mission that you can just simply not play anymore. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah. And it was cool. And yeah, because they, they do this this weird double thing where they're like, um, not only do we have a bunch of uh, limited flare stuff like skins, stickers, and voice lines and sh- poses and shit, but we also have this totally unique play um, or mode of play that is only going to be available for now. Right. Yeah. Also, we added an achievement system to it, so good luck. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be some achievements. <laughs> Right, and then and so then they do the Overwatch thing. Right, directly after that, they start a thirty-day Heroes of the Storm binge, cross where promotion. that cross promotions with Overwatch, and then also once you get it, 
They give you a super good timed reward stim pack to encourage you to keep playing. Otherwise, again, loss aversion, you will have lost the thing that you had achieved in Heroes of the Storm. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you just earned the thing, and if you don't use it, it just goes to waste. Yeah. <laughs> Astercare, before you started playing again for the cross promotion, you didn't give a shit about playing the game. That's, yeah, that's the point. That's sneaky as hell, right? So then, so we did that. I did it, right? And did that, and then it leads into the Winter Wonderland event for Overwatch, which also had a special time snowball mode. Mm -hmm. And then it led into Diablo, um, did uh, Darkening of Tristram. And if you didn't notice, um, they did a little sneaky gift, Overwatch gift for Diablo. Yeah. I gave you a bunch of stickers and stuff that were Diablo themed. Yeah. No skins, though. Really no dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. But they did, like, uh, stickers and, and icons, you know. Everybody's you imagine, least favorite. you imagine actual Mark Zenyatta? Oh, actual Mark Zenyatta. Barbarian Reinhardt? Damn. Missed opportunity there, See, Blizzard. I would have gone with uh, a Diablo Reinhardt. Uh, look, Blizz. Barbarian Zarya. I know we're shitting on you here about your games being crack and how you've been peddling to kindergartners your entire business cycle. <laughs> but just hear us out here. Make the actual monks in Yada skin. <laughs> Who did you want to be Diablo? Do you want Winston Diablo? No, I said uh, a Reinhardt Diablo and a Zarya monk. No, he said Zarya Barbarian. Or Barbarian, yeah. Zarya Barbarian, I, I, mean, I can get down. I mean, frankly... The fucking Hear the Storm skins for Zarya are better than the Overwatch skins. Yeah, come on, Bliss. What the fuck? So, so then they do Dark Nature Stram, also another limited time event. Along with the fact that they're like, by the way, if you haven't played in a while, we have this thing called Seasons, another limited time event. Yeah. And then they do another double whammy on a limited time event for the Chinese New Year for Overwatch. And what I've noticed is that every time I'm like, all right, Blizzard, man, that was cool. Thanks for inviting me over. They're like, whoa, 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 man. Whoa, hey. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. And let's not even forget that all the while, WoW is also going um, Brewfest. Um, yeah. The Halloween shit. Uh, Christmas. Huh? The New Year. Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is not it's Valentine's Day. StarCraft, and this is not including Hearthstone, right? And yeah. I feel like Blizzard is like, they're doing the Stardew Valley thing. They're saying that they want, they, they're like, my game's only like 15 minutes, man. Just hop on casual and play. Casual friendly. It's, it's casual. All right. <laughs> but I think every time I try to get out the door, they say, you don't, you know, you don't want to leave. You know, there's no exit point. That's my topic. Well, there's lots of exit points. Uh-huh. But the entire game is designed for you to be like... like It's like, don't worry, man. There's next point. Everything. You can you can, quit, you can you can leave the next exit point. So, there's so many of them. You can leave whatever you want, basically. I have to say, what's, what strikes me as different, though, from your um, first sort of examples, where it's like the uh, constrained save point... Right. And the um, constraint, uh, um, the uh, interruption of progress um, positions like with Stardew Valley. Right. Or Th those two have sort of a negative um, incentive to not stop playing. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. To not stop playing at least until you reach, like, their control point. Where I feel the difference is with what Blizzard's doing is Blizzard's like, hey, you can stop anytime. It's your choice, buddy. And right. they start jingling the keys that unlock all their pretty toys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like Blizzard does this, right? Well, the, with the other ones, you want to maintain what you have gotten. Yeah. Blizzard's just like, oh, you don't want any more sweet, cool rewards and stuff? That's okay. I'll just... I mean, they're going to go to waste, but <laughs> whatever, man. You're like, there'll always be more, right? Yeah. And uh, like, and it's like, like you ever feel like just lighting money on fire? Yeah, isn't, isn't that great? And you're like, no, Blizzard, come on, don't do it, man. He's like, oh, it's cool. You, you want to play one more game? <laughs> right? And I feel like instead they trigger, instead of you trying to maintain something you already got, they're on top of you and reminding you how much more you can get and how it will go to waste if you don't. They're like <laughs> nonstop triggering the loss aversion. And I mean, we just read a book about this. Oh, yeah. About how loss aversion is just so hard for humans. And I'm, no. and I'm calling Blizzard out. I'm like, Blizzard. No, the game's designed to take advantage of all those dumb tricks your brain plays. Yeah. To keep like so to stop you from like thinking I should stop doing the thing now. Yeah, and you guys will get to hear about that that book in the next episode of Book Bash. Yeah. So uh, you got a chance to read it and catch up. So their games seem super positive and awesome. They they have a real positive feedback loop. The games typically actually have few loss aversion mechanisms. Right. Yeah. Just come in and play. A lot of games you can't even lose rank on. Right. Even if you're in rank mode, you just play a game. Da 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 da. And uh, there's not too much loss aversion while you play. Yeah. They hit you on the loss aversion on the strange meta mechanics, usually, and mm-hmm. meta events. And they have stepped up a strategy, an entire business strategy, to constantly remind you that you are going to miss out. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like this, this mentality you speak of, this sort of hook... Um, to me, it feels, or at least seems like it first was really introduced into the gaming market um, via mobile gaming. Mm, yeah. Because mobile gaming, I've seen many a video and articles that um, relate mobile gaming to um, uh, basically like gambling, and mm. that it has these quick reward triggers that keep you wanting more. And. Um, and that most of them are actually just flat out designed that way. And like the ones that are like free to play are the most insidious to this because then they have that, that, that little pay boost for a boost button. So you can get a whole bunch done really quick if you just give them like two, three, five dollars, you know? Right, right. And then they right. can be like, double your progress today. Yeah, double your progress, <laughs> right? Or not. I guess compared to the mobile gaming. Um, Industry and Blizzard's goddamn saints. Yeah, uh, yeah. Compared to that, highly ethical. Cool. Highly ethical people ethical making cell phone games. Yeah, the difference is is that um, you know Blizzard puts its money gates really upfront and obvious, and then they actually make quality content. Well, I would dare say well, compared to you, the majority of mobile games. Here's my thing. See, the mobile games, like I feel like are trying to ruin you financially for their benefit. Yeah. But I feel like Blizzard has a different plan. 
They don't. I mean, they want your money. Yeah. But what they really want, they want something better than your money. They want all of your attention. But I want to say, right? Um, before we go back to Blizzard, real quick, um, there is a mobile game variant that has a different kind of endpoint we haven't talked about, which is the Endless Runner. The Endless Runner. Explain. Explain. So an endless runner game is is like it sounds. You play as a character who wants to run as long as they can, but there's all these obstacles in your way, and usually like something to collect on the way to mm-hmm. encourage you to you know risk obstacles. And as you play these games, the average model is that you're running, collecting the thing, and you will use that thing to give your character. Um, perks to make them a better runner or a longer survivor the next time you go. And so the end point is whenever you manage to fail, but by the game's design, the incentive is to go as long as you can. Pretty hard to stop. (laughs) Right. I see what's happening here. Yeah, and so the idea is if you can run for a really long time, now you're getting really big rewards, the points are just flowing and streaming in that are going to give you better perks so that you can go farther next time. <laughs> oh, no, right? And then they set you up for anticipation. Uh-huh. They set you up for anticipation for the next go. So for our listeners, like, I don't know, Kalina, maybe you don't like video games as much as we do, <laughs> right? I know you're listening. Or Laverger. Yeah. Gets gold. Yeah. So my, my, my thing here is is that so I pointed out Blizzard and their strategy because I really wanted to make sure that like we had like this concrete example of guys who used to maybe want you to spend time doing something else, uh-huh. right? And how they don't want you to do that anymore, right? But now I'm starting to look around and I'm like, no, I think a lot of people are starting to do this. <laughs> they don't want you out. It turns out it works pretty well. Yeah, like like we were talking a while back about. How Netflix is changing all the shows, so they're like twenty episode, fifty episode seasons, and it feels like you can't stop. Well, what you mean is that um, the the uh, story content is going moving from episodic to um, I forget what they call it, but uh, serial. I think serial, yeah, serial from episodic to serial storytelling in um, television. And, it, and it's including formats in all genres. Yeah, I remember I was talking to April about this, and, you know, sometimes I watch Netflix with her on occasion. I usually watch a few shows with her a month. And all of the shows that look really interesting, they have something in common. They want me to watch 24 <laughs> hours of content. Yeah. And, like, if you watch even just a few episodes, it feels like you're just committed to watch them all. And, yeah. and how many times it was like a big letdown that, you know, I just didn't want to watch them all so much. Um, you know, just for curiosity, maybe it's not because the show's bad. Maybe it's because Blizzard's got its hooks in me so goddamn bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm already hooked to this other kind of crap. It's hard for me to maintain both addictions I while dying. I can't watch other people play the Game of Thrones. I need to play Overwatch. <laughs> That's right. So, so the, my, my challenge here is, 
is that so it's, I started seeing it in shows, right? Like I'm even starting to think about like, is this happening in books, huh. right? Like, like how many how many Harry Potters did there need to be? Um, I don't know. Right, but that I mean, was like seventeen years ago, Garner. I know yeah. it was it was a long time ago, right? But my my thought is is I've noticed even even fiction books. People keep talking about this, how they're always trilogies now. Well, I think, um, just to go back real quick, I think Harry Potter was seven books because um, J.K. Rowling wanted to do the educational length of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Each book was a year he was at school, and it basically started from a middle school position equivalent in England through high school, which is seven years. But But if you actually look at the books side by side, yeah, you'll notice something that... By the time you get to the fourth book, it's two of the first book. Oh, yes. Uh, they get much longer. Yeah. And uh, what I'm trying to say is that the quantity of books is not relevant to the page count, right? <laughs> she eventually is, like, sucking you in. And she's not the only one. I'm sure. not even sure Twilight needed a trilogy or to be written at all. But whatever. Um, I'm starting to see that a lot of... Even fiction books are just trilogies, just almost for the sake of being trilogies. It's the modern meta in book writing, yeah. Yeah. And um, so more and more, I I find myself thinking about, like, does anyone, is anyone willing to be like, man, didn't we have a good time? See you around, dude. I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> no. No one does that. <laughs> Once they get you to their party, their carnival, you're stuck there. Well, they don't all, they don't all keep that going. Like, some books just keep going and going and going, and they just keep making new ones, and maybe they haven't finished releasing the newest one yet, and you're, hope to God, the author doesn't die while he's writing it. Yeah. But not all of them are doing that. I'd say a trilogy is a pretty good place to be. I mean, Lord of the Rings did a trilogy. Well, so, well, I'm saying it's creeping. Like, it's it happened to the shows and it's happened to the games. And we already know what the mobile game market's like. Yeah, but, but you you want to be a trilogy. Yeah. So That's what you want to be. You don't want to be at A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, from my point of view, I think a trilogy is... That's the old... That's the, it seems like the, the old way. That's the good way. That's the, hey, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's more of the thing. Here's the conclusion of the thing. We're done now. So I think one of the big differences here is that um, because some of the more clever writers in the old in, in older times when episodic was king in television, they would manage to make um, an individual episode stand alone mm-hmm. so that if you hadn't watched anything else, you could come in and enjoy it. But there was overarching follow-throughs that would would carry the fans into a bigger picture. Um, and I feel like that is probably the closest analogy we could get to, you know, what Blizzard is doing. Because it has these brief episodes of play that you could enjoy in a bite-sized if you're not very serious about it. Mm-hmm. And for the more serious fan, there's a very rewarding follow-through for doing it. Every day. Oh, you're saying that... um, See, because I have this different feeling, right? I feel like if I miss an episode of Star Trek... Yeah. 
They weren't like, ha we took the film roll out back and torched it. Whereas Blizzard loves loss aversion. They keep taking the thing away. But there are points, though. There are points, because, like, um, say, for example, uh, Data's brother. Okay. So in Star Trek, Data has a brother that he finds out about at some point, who shows up about once a season. Yeah, he's very rare. And if you come in and find out there's beef and history there, you can still watch the episode and get along fine, but there is a dangling carrot that says, you don't really know. Mm-mm. I mean, actually, I mean, because I really love that story arc, um, my favorite part is that the writers, and um, by the way, that actor, I wish I kind of knew his name, like, how he was able to do this is unbelievable to me. It would just seem so hard. I'm going to look it up because I love him too. This guy, when playing Data, he could not use a contraction. He could not say can't. He could not say your. Brent Spiner, that's right. This guy, in order to properly play Data, Data's personality required zero contractions. Yeah. Which is, and then they actually hammered it home Mm -hmm. when they brought in his evil brother, who can. Yeah. And Whenever I watched that, right, it always made it, like, every time, like, I watched this actor, it made it more entertaining to watch him, to see, like, how carefully he is every episode, even the episodes that are not him, because I'm always waiting for it to happen, and be like, did a contraction happen? Yeah. And if it did, I'm like, before before the episode continues, I'm thinking to myself, ah, ah, you know, the, 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 the doubles here, the doubles here, because he said... Your. Yeah. Right? He said, can't. Right? Yeah. And uh, and so it made... There there was this thing where, like, yeah, if you're a casual viewer, it was cool. Right? You could still watch the episode just fine. Uh-huh. Right? Um, but for for the long-time viewer, there was, like, this other whole game it felt like. It felt like a drinking game. Right. Like, I mean, I'll tell you what, you're going to get completely in the emergency room if you play all the times Data could have used a contraction but didn't. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, oh, go ahead. All right, so I think the thing that changed was the proportion of the material that was continuity and the proportion of the material that was episodic. Mm. It used to be a lot more episodic, a lot less continuity. The continuity was there, yeah, and you could track it if you were super into the thing. Right, right, right. And eventually someone's like, man, these people who are into this thing hardcore enough to follow the continuity, those people are really into it. What if everybody was really into it like that? Yeah. How do we make that happen? What if more of the pie is continuity and less of the pie is episodic? Now you're getting TV shows that are serialized one after the other after the other. God forbid you miss one. You can't miss one. You have no idea what's going on. You have to know what happened in the next episode. You well, make your and, games like that. And, uh-huh. and here's uh-huh. where the loss of version is. But if you have to, you have to consider something like the difference between, you know, um, game media and television and book media, mm-hmm. um, and even film, is that 
the the level of uh, engage engagement with um, the audience. Right. And so in video game, it's like steeply engaged with the audience. You know. Oh yeah. And so it's like this pressure shot. Loss of version. Loss of version doesn't occur until you have are executing agency. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're executing all this agency in video games, there's plenty of opportunities to fuck it up. I disagree on account of I can experience loss aversion if I don't catch an episode of a show that's serialized. Well, that's what I'm talking about. In television, where does your agency lie? It, it lies in watching it and actually subjecting yourself to it. Oh, if you miss the event. And so if you don't do the episode, well then you've missed out and that's loss aversion. Or if if you're not up to times with your cool hip buddies who are all want to talk about this show that has a super spoilery content, Ugh. that can be loss aversion when you miss out on that experience. Yeah, man. Did you hear what happened on The Walking Dead last week? <laughs> oh no. And then uh, <laughs> No, Kirby. <laughs> and then um, Listeners, we did not mean for this to happen. <laughs> And then the other aspect of it would be if you happen to watch a show that you don't like, or something happens in it that you don't like, there can be a sense of loss aversion, like, ah, I made a bad decision in enjoying this program because now it's garbage. Why did The Walking Dead kill... Uh, uh, <laughs> post-production edit. But yeah, no. Um, I'm kidding. I have no idea what happens in that show because I, uh, I know I, I wouldn't be able to explain it in words, but I see these things happening in my shows. And I'm like, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'm very selective of the ones I get into. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a reason for this, right? Yeah. It's because he knows. <laughs> he knows. What I find interesting. So I talked about the Minecraft palace and like just one more brick, Dad. Yeah. But I think this happens with shows and with books. Well, books has always been a thing. It's like, well, I'll go to bed when I finish a chapter. Oh, you ever geez. have that happen when the chapter is, like, abnormally long? Or ends on a fucking cliffhanger? Or, yeah, or you're 16 or 15, you're reading um, Aragon for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and this motherfucker writes his goddamn book where each chapter just kind of goes into the next chapter. This book is 600, 700 pages. Uh-huh. Before you know it, it's 5.30 in the fucking morning. You got school. <laughs> and so this has often been a thing of books, and it's it's been a source of contention for readers. But I noticed it more with, like... So so Netflix, supposedly what's so cool about it is that you can just come back. And, you know, there's no commercials, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Every once in a while. You can slam the entire thing in less total time. Yeah. Bam, Sometimes I come to April, and I'm like, hey, April, you know, you want to go to bed? <laughs> She's like, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got 17 minutes on this episode, and I want to finish it. All right? And it reminds me of the chapter. And it reminds me of just one more brick. Right. And, and the best part is when the, epi- like, the episode finishes, the 17 minutes passes. Yeah. But she never comes. Right. And so, <laughs> so the exit gate... Um, the, the previous versions of an exit gate are far more uh, substantial in these forms of media because the content kind of lingers. You don't have the satisfaction of com- completing an achievement if you don't finish the story arc, you know, or whatever. And so, um, but as far as the loss aversion goes, that Blizzard's engaging to prolong their exit points 
um, it's it's harder to achieve for these other media formats. I don't, yeah. th- I don't think they're trying to prolong their exit points. I think that what we're seeing here is people have found out and have known in the past, but like it's becoming more and more common with Blizzard and video games and television shows, is if there are exit points. There are points of the game or the story, low points, where it's easy to leave. Right. So if you do, like I learned in calculus, where you need to calculate like the volume of a thing... You take a typical infinitely sl- small slice of the thing. So what they're doing is they're just they're trying to comp- bring the exit points closer and closer together, so where all points are an exit point. There's a small iteration chunk in between. It's like the other thing, yeah. exit point, the other thing, exit point. But there's so many, they're so close together. You get the feeling you can. St- oh, it's fine. It's only like five more minutes. I can steal on the next one. I can just do it on the next one. Right. Yeah. I can just do it on the next one. And so they bring them all close together. You see that with Netflix. Each episode is super short. You can cut off at any time, anytime you want. Mm-hmm. You see this with long, super uh, carefully written books where the chapters lead into each other. It's like, oh, it's finished chapter. But this chapter the chapters are really hangs into small. the next chapter. Yep. And the chapters are pretty short. So you're just like, okay, this chapter, okay. One more and it'll just be... And you see it with Blizzard games where they just take the content loop and they shrink it to 10 to 20 minutes and just... That's your episodic content right there, right? That's the episodic part. Yeah. The continuity part, or the uh, part, that, the meta part, is like what's going on between. So if you shrink the size of everything, so you have all these exit points, then they can get everybody in on that continuity train, and everyone's a dedicated fan. Yeah. So how, Garner, do you feel about um, Telltale Games' version of this play? Mm. Because they literally release their games in episodes, often with chapters, and uh, to provide these like fixed exit points. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Like it's it's like the opposite of what everyone else is doing in a weird way. Right. They're just. I mean, they they still are hitting the anticipation button really hard. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, the, the rat after a while is like, the lever won't budge. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the, uh, so in some ways they're letting you go. And I have to say, what I do like about it is that they, they give me an opportunity to go do something else for a while. They're yeah. like, you can, you know, like it's like your buddy, he's like, you yeah, know, I'll be back next month, right? Mm-hmm. And then he actually does show up. Right? You know, he's not fucking around. But, um, and so it feels much nicer. The, the thing, though, is, is that Telltale started increasing their production schedule. Yeah. Like, and they, and one might argue that maybe you don't want to do Batman. Yeah. And, um, what's their other one they're doing? And, like, Game of Thrones at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? But maybe you don't want to do Batman and Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. And what I've noticed is they'll make a new IP, they'll do a new one, and then start a new one of the old one at the same time. And it seems like they're building up a train. And I think there's someone at Telltale who is already planning what I like to call... The drip feed of no exit points, which is what I think Blizzard's trying to do, is create a non-stop drip. 
They can just alternate the episodes. Oh, we just finished our episode of Batman. Boop. A week passes, two weeks passes. Oh, here's your episode of Locking Dad. I do want to bring up that I think it's important that there are distinct exit points. You can't just leave anytime you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need there, to, like, you, for, the, for this whole design, this scheme to work, you need to have them locked in for a very small amount of time at a time. But they do yeah. need to be locked in for a little while. They can't always just be able to go, okay, I'll leave now. It yeah. needs to be, oh, you need to have that expectation of... Oh, I'll just I'll just leave. Yeah, you're almost out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, you know, what it reminds me of a little bit is it reminds me of the alcoholic or the smoker or the I don't know the drug addict or whatever or frankly the video game addict that says, "Man, I I can quit whenever I want." Yeah. And it's like, I can quit playing Overwatch whenever I want. I just I just I just choose not to. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I can stop watching the shows anytime that I want. They're not controlling me. Just it happens to be four a.m. when I got work, right? <laughs> and uh, and so I just keep thinking about how exit points. It's funny because the the episode on extra credits came out quite a while back. Yeah. And back then it didn't seem as poignant. It didn't quite stick with me as hard. Right, it didn't seem so, uh, but but it, it, but now I'm looking back at it and I'm going, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, man, all the time, so, I, I want out. So I'm curious, what was extra credits um, position on, on the importance of ex- exit points? Well, they um, <clears throat> they said that it actually can be to your benefit to create. Um, extra exit points. They they had two things. They said they they already knew from the Pavlov side yeah. that you <laughs> it could be hard to get out of the casino. Yeah, and that you might actually unethically create it that way. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they tried to highlight all the benefits of exit points, like how it keeps your older gamers playing and things like that. Mm-hmm. But what they but what I feel like they they didn't completely cover is when they're highlighting these benefits of exit points, they weren't they weren't capturing how even those could be turned into mechanisms. Oh. Right? And, and I almost hope that James Pork now, the guy who writes the episodes for it, yeah. does like a 2.0 on exit points. Because at the time, it just seemed like, yeah, it's really ethical to make sure people have time to leave and it keeps your older gamers involved and all that. Because one of the things they were trying to highlight is that, like, you know, some people might not even pick up your game or read your book or watch your movie or watch your show if they feel like they can't commit themselves to do it. Maybe they don't got enough time. They don't got 30 minutes. They don't got 24 hours of binge into X-Files or whatever. Yeah. And, like, Kirby just talked about this. He's just like, he's got to be super selective about his shows. Mm-hmm. The gaming industry... And my games. And this game. Is going to face potentially the same issue where people are like cutting their umbilical cords. If it doesn't already. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to cut their umbilical cords and people are going to have to start getting wary about, you know, <laughs> their next hit. I mean, I, I don't know how many times you and I, in talking about the upcoming titles, have said, like, well, just by the sake of my time right now, I. 
could not, I should not be biting that uh, game. Really click. Oh, there it goes. Um. Yeah, like, and so we don't want to. Uh, we might put off a title we want because we just don't have the time right now, and we're invested in other things. And some of those are like these reoccurring, unending games. Yeah, I actually got into a big debate with Kirby here <laughs> over about how I'm not interested in playing Path of Exile. Right. Right. Because I, I just tend not to, to to play a little bit of a game. Right. Yeah, I'm getting the feeling of that right now. <laughs> or I was getting the feeling of that. I, I understand now. Um, just, yeah. It turns out that you get your players start like budgeting, like getting selective about what they're going to play. It's like, no, I can't play that. But you'd like it. Well, I probably would, but I can't play that. I can't. Blizzard told me I'm not, I can't come out to play Kirby. It's <laughs> not my curfew. <laughs> well, well, what can you come out to play? Well, well Blizzard says I can go out anytime I want, except now. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is even you, Kalina, <laughs> is what you got to be watching out for. Do they really want you to go? Or do they want to keep you there? Forever. Yeah. I think I think that pretty much covers it though. Yeah, that's a that's 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 my scary story. I should've said I should have do this one on Halloween instead of like creepy rocks. I'll, I'll give it like a spooky title, like get out. Oh, now we have to record another episode because, you know, I had to save this one for the Halloween episode. That's not happening. Why is it only once a year? There's only two hours past my bedtime. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this tangent train. That's fun. Um, Yeah, thanks for coming, Kirby. It was good having you. Um, If you like listening to Kirby, well, guess what? He'll be on the next Book Bash, too. So, look forward to that. Allegedly. And we'll see you later. No, no, you already are. No, I said allegedly. It's not real until it happens. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, actually, technically, I mean, Josh could actually, like, give people the chance to exit Book Bash. But he's not going to. What? You can't escape. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to leave a comment telling us what you think about the show. Or if you have a topic you want to hear us cover, you can tell us that too. Sound effects were provided by Rock Savage and Elijah Unick. Music for the show is provided by Ben Sound. If you like Tangent Train, why not tell your friends about us? That really does help. Thanks. <laughs>